Quaffing Port. Give us the goop. Honey, we're out of goop. I demand goop. Where did all this goop come from? Ooh lord the goop is consuming my body. Adrift in a sea of goop I dream of the endless. It seems there is more to this goop than meets the eye. I just can't stop secreting goop and I love it. I am finished, I have lost all of my goop. Who the fuck names their company Goop LOL? Goop. Good evening everybody and welcome to another episode of Quaffing Port. Uh, I'm here joined tonight by my co-host Sam and I'm also Sam. Hello Sam and what a lovely evening it is. I'm, I'm feeling quite fresh this evening. I'm, I'm having a good one. It's just been nice. The sun's been back for the last couple of weeks and I'm... Um, I'm ready to sit inside and stare at a screen, but just with the sun outside <laughs> instead of, you know, it being raining or whatever. I'm ready to sit at the same desk that I sit at every fucking waking hour of my life because I work from home um, <laughs> and do an activity that I enjoy instead of one that I hate. Exactly, which is you know, recording the podcast with a with a good a close friend. You know, I feel like that's a, that's a rare treat that not many people uh, have to share, you know? Exactly. So... Let's get on to our little uh, intro topic for tonight. Um, so I, I was reading some uh, news this morning. I don't know if you, you've heard of that. It's, it's a really toxic, uh, sort of like prolonged, ironic storyline <laughs> that it makes everyone who reads it kind of like really pissed off and they, they go a bit like, you know, fanboyish over it. They start like, you know, writing in the streets of the stuff that happens in this like made up story called the news. Our reporter Donald Bethlehem is there now. Donald, what's the atmosphere like? Tension here is very high, Chris. The stretched twig of peace is at melting point. Yeah, I was reading that um, there is a company in England, a uh, very innovative, cutting-edge technology company, who um, have taken a step away from doing like the visual effects in films, so like special effects and computer graphics and all that kind of business. And they've taken a step towards doing something which is quite ungodly, uh, which is putting product placements into films where there was none before. So digitally inserted product placement slots into films like that already have been made. So if you imagine you're watching like Ghostbusters and instead of like, you know, billboards advertising some damn shit that was in the 80s or whatever, it's advertising like modern brands to you, like put inside the film or like maybe they change the brand of beer, like, you know, maybe one brand of beer like sponsors the fucking James Bond franchise, but then another one comes in. They could digitally change the the beer to look like a different beer. Basically just like computer generated graphics of company logos and brands and sponsorships in films like or music videos or anything that's already out there in existence. And to make it one step creepier, they were also saying that they wanted to tailor that to specific people so in your smartphone or your smart tv if you liked you know certain brands they would put those digitally in the films you watched because they know that it would have a stronger effect on you personally they would be like tailored to fit you like ads are currently and doesn't that make you glad that you know you have a, a netflix account or whatever 
That's cool, because that's like when I'm watching Taxi Driver and I'm watching Travis Bickle like glare at the street out of his like, you know, the window of his taxi cab, I can just see endless billboards advertising just hentai tits just just plastered across <laughs> all New based York on your search city. history. <laughs> just plastered across New York City. It's just like hentaiville and you know, the dick dick pill um Oh eight hundred yeah. waifu pillow. Exactly, yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. I'm I'm well up for that. Yeah, that's cool as hell. That's like deep fakes, but um, even more fucked up. Yeah, imagine if like they just recast like an old actor because they didn't didn't like them anymore or something. They fell out of favor. Like, gets maybe Harrison Ford like falls out of favor, so they just recast him in Indiana Jones, like the the original film, and just you yeah, know the like, guy from Solo superimpose Ryan Gosling over him or something. <laughs> To be fair, though, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see, like, a remake. To be fair, I, I mean, it begs the question, like, that kind of technology is kind of cool. We have, like, thought experiments that we do ourselves where we say, oh, what if they'd made Lord of the Rings, but it was, you know, entirely populated by, um, you know, 80s action heroes. So you have Aragorn played by, like, Sylvester Stallone, and Legolas is, like, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme or whatever, that kind of thing. You know, that, that, And you could do that. And I would be well... That is, like... I think that has a, a use as just an artifact but of course our culture only knows how to use that to just like sell like meaningless shite to people like, oh this might increase our you know the, the coke coca-cola sales by described it as like a fucking like new market or whatever he was like it's a market opportunity there's like a an untapped revenue stream here that we can take advantage of and it's like who thinks like that? Who wants to ruin old movies? Like, by, <laughs> it's like imagine if you've got the DVD. Like that's the only way to watch the pure, unadulterated version is to have the physical copy of the disc. Because if you do it online, like you know, they can they could change it day to day what you see on the Netflix. Amazon you know? is already doing that. Like if you buy if you buy the film, the James Cameron film Avatar, on Amazon, they cut out the bit where they do the head the tail sex and the, the tails like combine and you know fuck each other when they're having sex they cut that out because people ridiculed it so much but they're already censoring little things that again, yeah, censoring some, art i want to see the i want to see censoring censoring each other. yeah but that's like but that's part of the charm of these kind of films is like the goose imagine, imagine watching like going to watch yeah like um the room but they cut out all the stupid bits of it or whatever and you know you need or like you watch the go to watch the mario film and they cut out, I don't know, like the 9-11 references because they feel like they're a little too <laughs> on the nose. But then it, it kind of just ruins any point for the enjo- of the enjoyment of those films. And yeah, then you do need to just resort to like you know, some bargain bin DVD of it. No, that's awful. Yeah, I, th- I know that people say that like, oh, data is the new oil. Like the, the, the oil rush has now become the data rush and all this kind of thing. Data is more valuable than gold, data, data, data. I don't think we've even begun to scratch the surface of data, you know, in in terms of how it will work in the future. You only need to look at countries like China, like hyper-advanced data capture on the people who live there as a sort of example Mm. that the rest of the world will surely, slowly begin to adapt. I mean, you can even see it over time happening in the UK um, with the way that surveillance works and the way that the state can interfere with your internet browser history and IP addresses and all this kind of jazz. You know, it's it's out there. It's, it's pretty sinister. Yeah, and it's like uh, Google originally uh, was able to survive the the dot com crash because they just turned to they 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 were originally 
positing Google as like a good thing where oh, outside of the control of governments, whatever, you can search, you can have access to all knowledge in the world or whatever. But then, of course, the the, the dot-com bubble you know, crashed and their investors basically said, look, you've got, you've got to make this profitable. So they were like, well, I mean, we do have all this data on literally everyone that uses Google, so why not just sell that? And they were on the verge of getting like uh, legislation um, like put through to, to limit their control when 9-11 comes on and all of a sudden all that was off the table. It's like, actually, no, collect as much data as possible. We need this tight-knit, you know, iron-fisted security state. We need to know exactly everything that's going on. But then you get to the problem where you have, you have too much information that you don't, you've got no idea what to do with. Yeah, you just need to make that big robot out of season three of Westworld uh, that just knows everything. Is there a uh, robot? About everyone. Oh, that's cool. I, I gave up yeah. on series three. I watched like one episode of that. Yeah, these French guys make this thing called Rahibawam, and it's it's like a giant <laughs> data bank. Rahibawam? I can't really... Everyone says it differently in the show. But, um, yeah, it's like a giant data bank, and it basically has everybody's, like, personal information in, and it kind of, like, all the <laughs> It's like, kill me. I know too much. <laughs> I have yeah, seen basically what like, the humans desire. It's kind of like yeah. a determinism machine for, like society and, oh that's uh, kind of interesting it's like complexity it's in, inescapable theory. basically yeah you know, it's like yeah you, if you can record all the data you can control you can predict people and you can uh, yeah. control them but uh, as, as jeff goldblum has said john the kind of control you're attempting is uh, it's not possible so let's uh, let's talk about our main subject for tonight um it's a bit of a weird one but then again it wouldn't be uh, quaffing port if it wasn't uh You've probably seen or heard of something about this already, but it's maybe something you've only scratched the surface of. So we're going to be taking a deep dive into the world of Goop. Now, if you don't know what Goop is, it is the lifestyle slash e-commerce brand uh, created by none other than homeopathic terrorist Gwyneth Paltrow. (laughs) I like that homeopathic terrorist. That's that's good. <laughs> Sorry, that's I thought you would like that one. I just needed to like leave it for for a second to land. <laughs> yeah, goop man. And honestly, I I'm I I'm furious at Gwyneth Paltrow for like creating a brand and copywriting the word goop because I love that. I use that word a lot in my day to day. It's just a good word, you know. And I feel like it's. I don't know. It's like it's been stolen from me. It's been appropriated by the sort of she's, yuppie. She's monopolized Goop for all the wrong reasons, you know. And what Goop, Goop have Goop to do? belongs in the hands of the people. Okay, <laughs> not, not the one. It's like that that meme where they're like ripping off the Senate roof to say, "Give us the <laughs> give us the Goop, <laughs> give us the Goop, <laughs> give us the Goop." Yeah, we what we demand the Goop, Gwyneth. You can't monopolize the Goop, all right? But yeah, what is what is Goop and what is an e-commerce lifestyle brand? Well, it seems to offer a pretty wide variety of services. If you, if you go to the website, this is how it's described. And I'm, excuse me for reading this extremely cursed paragraph. I don't want to wake <laughs> up any kind of like mummy, you know, like in the 2002 film The Mummy. Um, Wait, she reads from the Forbidden Book. But, she uh, reads from the Goop book, the Goop diary. See, in 2008, Gwyneth Paltrow launched Goop from her kitchen. <laughs> sounds like she chucked it out the fucking... Sounds like they chucked it out the window. 
<laughs> this is on this. This is written on the website. In 2008, Gwyneth Paltrow launched Goop from her kitchen as a homespun weekly newsletter. Oh well, it's yeah, slightly uh, poor choice of words. It's grown a lot since then. If you just cut out the first bit, Gwyneth Paltrow launched Goop from her kitchen. <laughs> it's grown a lot since then. <laughs> Sounds like a David Cronenberg movie. <laughs> The goop Some that ate everything. Beast. Yeah, that is it's grown too strong and too powerful and can no longer be controlled. Yeah, that's that's goop. Let me continue. He says, we operate from a place of curiosity and non-judgment. We start hard conversations, crack open taboos, and look for connection and resonance everywhere we can find it. Okay. We don't mind being the tip of the spear. In short, we go first so you don't have to. We're glad you're here. What the fuck does that mean? That's just, did they that's just like so combine a bunch of like fortune cookies into a sentence? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, they blended a bunch of fortune cookies into a smoothie um, <laughs> and had someone drink that and then like uh, divine it from the vomit that they um, <laughs> <laughs> that they I'm sure somebody must have done that at some point. Yeah, um, I mean, maybe. You'd be surprised. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, so they, they offer a shop. They offer like a beauty blog, like a, a skin and style and travel blog. But the, the main word that I'm interested in talking about tonight and the main word that I think we'll keep coming back to is wellness. Like wellness as a concept is such a weaponized like piece of capitalism at this point that I, I can't really separate it from that. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll get on to talking a little bit about that later. Are you well? Because <laughs> are you well enough? You are you well? Dumbass? Have you been doing wellness? Why? Why are you upset? Have you not been doing the wellness? Come on so now! I, I feel distinctly unwellness. I'm unwellness. Well, you could be doing wellness here. It's all on this on the goop dot com. <laughs> it's like, don't you know goop when you see it? Do you not know goop when you see it, old man? This is my vagina scented candle. They've got a bit that says Goop PhD, and it actually has like, mm-hmm. quite a lot of information in it. I mean, if you click on the article for depression on here, not that I have any reason to click on that one in particular. It's a long um, one. It's a long article. There's you know, it does, it does actually have quite a lot of information in there, so I'm not going to poo-poo that too much without reading the whole thing. No, I read most of it, and um, most of it is it's fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I imagine, I don't know. It's like it's, it's, it's like, not really about that. A lot of it though is it's a little bit like the Jordan Peterson thing, whereas Jordan Peterson is like, like slightly bent philosophy. Yeah, he's like he's perfectly qualified to be like, oh well, you should just uh, take some responsibility, uh, and clean your room. Why don't you uh, wash your penis uh, every once in a while? You know, whatever. So that's fine. You know, it's like that's yeah. Uh, clean your room, wash your penis. It's good. You know, you should be doing those things. But as soon as that gets like applied to like any actual big, bigger picture, real world thing, then it just it just kind of betrays how sort of you know vapid and empty the actual original person is. You know, it's like very, you can regurgitate all the self help stuff you want, and it's like is helpful to its target audience of like you know again with the Peterson thing, like the lonely, depressed men or whatever. It's like yeah, they probably do need to follow a lot of the the lifestyle tips that. Again, Peterson is saying they're not inherently bad themselves. It's when he like talks about you know, watching Mulan and how it's like destroying Western culture or whatever, or 
eating only meat and benzos for a year it's like you know, it's like maybe we shouldn't be you know yeah listen to this guy about how i should oh you know wake up at a half an hour early or whatever and do my chores and then just leave all the important stuff to the to the people who are actually qualified to talk about that kind of thing you know i feel i feel like goop is in that same it's in that similar instead of it being for the sort of weird incel red pill guy it's for the sort of 40 something Again, empty, sold, yuppie, you know, LA freak kind of person. I think you're right that it does it does fill some sort of hole that's there. I mean, one thing that Gwyneth Paltrow that's what has that, eggs. that um that one thing that Gwyneth Paltrow has that Jordan Peterson doesn't have, uh, in fact, thank God, is her own Netflix show. Now we sent you down down on the <laughs> trenches for that one. Because uh, Sam volunteered to watch some of it, and, and Sam, I believe you, you've got some notes from that. I have a few notes. I mean, most of it was just, um, yeah, I, I've sort of just completely washed it from my brain after sleeping on it. I feel like, but um, I watched one of the first one, and it's the one in which they take mushrooms and they discuss, you know, uh, psilocybin and psychedelics as a, as a therapeutic thing. So again, what they're doing is they're taking an actual real, like again, like the Peterson thing, they're taking a real topic that has some sort of value and then just they, they quaff deep on it but it, it, with their own sort of ideology and our of course true objectively correct take on things they use their exactly their wrong and objectively wrong um view on it uh there's some just some great quotes honestly they get some like dudes come in from like the the multinational association of psychedelics and they call themselves maps. And it's like, Oh, you can't call yourself maps anymore guys. Sorry. The pedos have already taken that as their, uh, as their banner. Did they? Yeah. They're minor attracted persons now. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. So you can't call yourself, they've got a rebrand now. They can't keep calling themselves maps. It's going to be like when pediatricians or whatever got, um, murked after those, um, like pedo documentaries or whatever in the eighties. Um, some guys come anyway, they're like, we're from maps. So just great start already one of them's like this it's great like the first guy is just some like silver-haired white guy in a suit and the next one is some just this like i don't know long-haired hippie dude they just sit one is just like the two complete polar opposites one guy's like oh i'm a scientific researcher into the effects of society and the guys with like a tooth necklace and like an open button <laughs> shirt and he's like yeah you just go on your trip and like you, you heal or whatever and they always talk about healing you know and, and that, things like that and it's like <laughs> it's such a weird we'll get onto that a bit later but like um it basically involves involves a bunch of staffers from Goop HQ go on this trip to Jamaica. What does that even mean, by the way? Staffers from Goop HQ, like who's who, who's writing this fucking <laughs> shit? Like, what is a staffer? Does uh, well, it just well, somebody who works for them? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't mind staffers, but that's probably just my mistake there. But like, just people who like do the writing. Whatever. No, they do use the word. Oh, staffers, do they? But they've I had up to, no I think idea at one point they had means. ninety people working for them in like twenty seventeen or whatever. So like. That's too many people like slinging goop, um, for my liking. But <laughs> you goop uh, yes, you goop. What you doing, slinging goop? Get yourself a real job. Get an education. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but no, they, they get like at the end, wonderful stuff. They like, oh, we need uh, some volunteers who would like to go to Jamaica to take mushrooms as part of this documentary. This beautiful idyllic. You know, sort of, I don't know, ex plantation ass house that's owned by a couple of white people who've emigrated to Jamaica because the drug laws there are lax or whatever. And and they go there and they, uh, they of course pick all the prettiest people with like the best 
sob stories there. And again, it's it's people who've had real traumas in their life. People who's like their dads have like committed suicide or have had like horrible that kind of thing. And they go and they they use the trips as some sort of healing thing. But um, yeah, they they get to go there, just get absolutely fucking blasted on mushrooms, just get hugged by everyone, by people there, and like cry and just honestly. Like, I'm in the wrong business. I'm, you know, in in the podcast game, um, working from home. I should be working for Goop. I should be getting paid to go to Jamaica to just drop shrooms and, you know. Well, Sam, I'll tell you what. If 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 this podcast ever makes it big and we, we are ever sitting on a pile of money, we can take a wellness retreat, you know, wherever you want. We can take as much psychedelic drugs as you want. Um, you know, we, we can go we to can, Peru and meet a shaman. and We like, can heal the ayahuasca. shit out of you. Yes, exactly. I, I need healing. I'm yeah. You need a lot of healing, and I've known you for a while, and it's it's not gotten any better. So we need to do some, <laughs> We need to we need to stem the flow at some point. That's it. I'm in great pain yeah, spiritually, and I I need to be I need it fixed. You know, so, yeah, it's uh, bloody hell. Yeah, but like it, it is that the, the again I go back to the pizza thing. It's true that uh, psilocybin, and they talk about MDMA with some like uh, PTSD um, Iraq war veteran guy who like was blown up or whatever, and they talk about him using MDMA as like a way to get over his PTSD. This is a guy who's like attempted suicide. So there is, there are kernels in this series of like a genuine like progression in, in, in the way people are treating like drugs or whatever, but then it's all just mm-hmm. hosted by Gwyneth Paltrow just they're like grinning emptily, being like, I'm interested in knowing the uh, trajectory of using psychedelics as a healing modality. Oh god! Uh, <laughs> like, who who does she think she is? <laughs> Which is a line I love. That line I had to like rewind that. That's the line that has been like. She's like, how can I sound like I really know what I'm doing? That that line had been workshop before they put it on there. It's like that kind of philosophy that like these sort of LA celebrities seem to have, and I think it's brilliantly kind of skewered in the film get him to the greek with russell brand's character who kind of has this like yeah. hippy dippy sort of like yoga inspired like bullshit personality where he likes fucking doing shitloads of yoga and like spiritual healing and all this kind of crap there you go what what is this it's called jeffrey aaron heard this bit of that but like really it's just like once you've got enough money all of a sudden like you know there's nothing to do like you've got to find something to do and so they they find this kind of final pursuit for themselves where they place themselves like at the altar of their own fitness that that pursuit is themselves though that's the thing it's like there's nothing else in my life the only other people i interact with are my like the poultry thing the only people i interact with are my servants who work at my goop factory or whatever and and write goop articles for me you know and this i i i can't probably fully connect to them and and Paltrow takes this weird I don't know she's like she takes this weird position in the show where she's almost like this guru of the whole team like she has like every episode will focus on a different kind of thing and she positions herself as like oh but I've already been and done that I already know that but it's obvious it's just so obvious from like her performance and just knowing that she is Gwyneth Paltrow that again maybe I'm being you know patronizing here but she just doesn't she just doesn't have a clue and again it's just it's exemplified by looking at all the scandals that Goop has had with just like you know scientific people who have been like oh yeah the Goop will say oh this um carbon whatever in our new product is like approved by NASA and NASA uses it and then NASA will say yeah we've never used that kind of shit before you know what I mean, you know what I mean? it's just <laughs> such a it's such a complete non um awareness of 
of, of what the products or what the things she's put. She's like, oh, that, that sounds cool. She's talking about vaginal steaming, where it's like, oh, God. you just steam your, your, your pussy up with, like, you know, various herbs and spices, which can cause, like, infections and burns or whatever. What her, and her being like, oh, that sounds a bit much, but... It has incredible healing qualities. Again, healing qualities. What does what does that mean? What what does what what do you what are you talking about when you say healing, Gwyneth Paltrow? Where, where are your credit? Sorry, but like, where are your credentials to to define these kind of things? You know, you can't just say, "Oh, this is good." You know, there does have to be there has to be structure to it. I, I don't, <laughs> it's it's baffling to me. Um, again, again, final thing about about the show is it does seem to again be sort of touching on these areas that do that are real there's like actual you know research and stuff to be said about using mdma for ptsd using mushrooms to like deal with with trauma and things like that to deal with trauma but then it, it being being sold to you by the same person who's like oh yeah just 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 pop this fucking egg in your gunch and you know you can do vaginal weightlifting and you know have a have a have a better connection to your body or whatever just empty vapid nonsense it just makes you think like this is the wrong outlet for it. And I feel kind of bad for the people who are bearing their souls almost on this television show, like going talking about their actual traumas and going through it. Do you think it benefits these ideas to show them to a mainstream audience? Or do you think the fact that it's Gwyneth Paltrow like communicating them actually serves to make them seem less legitimate? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I've not seen much of the rest of it, but I imagine that the Netflix show how it was positioning itself. It's not saying, if you look on the website, you'll find all sorts of nonsense. It's prefaced by like, it'd be like, this thing will heal you. It's amazing. You should eat this roots, you know, whatever every day. It's brilliant. Then at the end, it's like, do not take any of this. This is all views of the, the individual. Don't take this to be, you know, read as facts. But I think what they do, they, they play it much safer in the TV show where they, they're choosing things like, like an ice bath or whatever, which athletes use, you know. Mm. And I feel like, yeah, it's true. And a lot of people will just be like, oh, Gwyneth Paltrow, oh, she was in the Marvel films and not really maybe know as much about or, or be as, like, you know, terminally online as people like you or, you or I to to sort of well, have yeah, that extra I think context. It's, it's easy for us to sit here and say we don't like her show and we don't like her shit because, yeah, we're, we're not the target audience for it, really. I mean, yeah. we, can, we can poke holes at it all day, but I guess there is people out there who enjoy this kind of thing. I mean, I could imagine visiting her website, you know, like as a sort of like idle pastime, a bit like I browse Reddit, you know, you might browse mm. goop.com if you were like, hey, look at the recipes you know, of that certain sure. mindset, yeah. look at the recipes, look at like the fitness regime stuff, you know, maybe like browse some of the like outlandishly named sex toys and, and incredibly overpriced ones at that. But yeah, it's, um, it's, it's an odd one because I think that what I really want to talk about about it um, more than just the kind of obvious controversies where like they were actually given a boost in viral marketing, the whole jade eggs in the pussy thing and then the whole my pussy smells like this candle or this candle smells like my pussy thing, whichever one was the whichever way around that came, but she she released that pussy candle and that's that's kind of what brought a lot of YouTube people onto it. I've got that burning in the corner at the moment. It's yeah, I've got mine lit right next to me, by the way. The and I'm holding there. an egg as well. I'm holding an egg very tightly in my hand. Um, oh, mine's not but... in my hand. Um... <laughs> it's, just, it's just a regular chicken's egg, but I couldn't get a jade one. Is, is that the same? <laughs> is that the same thing? I can't really seem to get it out. As um, long as it's anyway. hard-boiled, you're okay. <laughs> it's like it's, and, and cool, and cool as well. Cool. Very cool. <laughs> yeah so more than more than that what i want to talk about is is not necessarily 
you know, Gwyneth Paltrow, like, and goop and why it's like fun to goof on them and laugh at them a little bit, which it is. And I, and mm. I think we have ha- got a fair share out of that. But it's like, what, is it, what does it mean? And, and where would we place it in terms of, you know, how culture is communicated to us? Um, it's, it's a little bit of a status symbol thing, I think, that health and wellness has become. I mean, wellness as an industry is like automatically not really like inclusive of like lower class people because they're going to tend to have less disposable income to expect to spend on like extremely expensive products that this kind of website and others like it are expending but also less time available in order to engage in the like activities of extreme kind of like self-care you know retreats at like spas and all this kind of jazz you know th- those are like expensive like luxury things and not accessible to everybody so immediately it, it gates itself off to a slightly, you know, distinguished bunch of class people. But the people who are leading it are like filthy, stinking rich. <laughs> you know, the people who are leading it are like celebrities who have loads of money. L-O-D-S of so it's inextricably linked in my mind with wealth and class to begin with. Yeah, that's true. And honestly, um, this is something that um, that has come around to actually one, one of the many things that has come around to bite goop in the ass is that someone was saying, well, this would be impossible. You say, well, you need to do this, and this and this and this to live your life well. But and I imagine if you're living on food stamps, could you ever possibly follow these diets? And I think Gwyneth Paltrow lasted four days before giving up, like following her own advice, but only on the kind of the food stamp what you'd be restricting yourself to what you'd be able to buy oh, budget. on the kind of the food stamp budget. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I can't do this. And it's exactly, exactly your point. You know, it's like, it's, it's a privilege only once you've conquered everything else and you have nothing else to worry about. Do you have to try and figure out like, oh, okay, well, I guess my chakras aren't aligned as well as, you know, properly. Well, <laughs> I've got to really, it's like, oh, I've got to work on my fucking chakras. Yeah. Yeah. I've been putting it off. I've been putting it off for weeks. <laughs> like I've just been out on the lash, but I really need to get the chakras sorted out fucking soon as possible. No, it is. It is exactly that. You know, it's a conspicuous like thing to be healthy. You know, you can tell when somebody looks healthy and you can, you can see the sort of celebrity body that shows in Hollywood, you know, like very muscly, very toned, you know, like no extra kind of fat or flab whatsoever, like pretty much zero percent body fat. Just like myself. Um, Loads of surgery on the face, everything like that. It's creating a very like unattainable ideal. Like that actor, um, the guy, the steroids guy. Is it Kamel? Oh, yeah. I I, I saw his name yesterday and we were talking about him, weren't we? Because, you know, we were talking about the steroid epidemic in Hollywood and, and how, you know, pretty much all of the uh, male actors these days are like jacked to the tits on steroids. I'm jacked to the tits! It's just a complete open secret that no one really cares about. It's like how Christian Bale went from the, the machinist to Batman in like six months. Just like, yeah, completely yeah, yeah. naturally. Oh, that's just his work ethic. You know, that, that, that allowed him that. Oh, it's just how dedicated he himself was and not any... I mean, I'd, f- I'd probably feel like I had an f- entirely different work ethic if I had, like, billionaire steroids injected into me every day. Yeah, and, like, I didn't have to I'd probably work. get so much more fucking weightlifting done. Yeah, if I didn't have to, like, work my shitty, you know, nine-to-five job, I'd be very happy. You didn't have to sit in a chair all day. <laughs> yeah, I could, go, I could go out and actually do stuff and I'd be in far better shape because I could afford that luxury for myself. And that, again... It's like 
that's the mentality of Goop. It's like this complete out of touch elite class. I mean, it's one banana, Michael. What could it cost? $10? In a kind of mindset. <laughs> and um, combined with the, oh yeah, you've just got to eat the right foods and you need to do the right things to stop feeling so bad. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's all... Yeah, it's very, it's very twisted in that way. And I think one of the people who I stumbled across who, who seems to have got a real keen understanding of this is a writer called Barbara Ehrenreich. Um, and she was a bit of a um, sort of radical feminist kind of type um, back in the day. She's like 70 years old. Um, so she, you know, she's, she's been an activist um, and been an intellectual for a long time. Um, and she was a bit of a gym, gym rat when the 80s happened and everyone was going to the gym. So she's kind of you know, she's she's done a lot of that she's kind hot, of like lifestyle gym gym working out. <laughs> she's a really hot seventy year old woman, yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, she's 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 pretty interesting actually. And I've just started reading about it, but um, she, she writes a lot about this kind of thing. You know, she became really disillusioned with the way that these kind of like philosophies of like working out started to seep into the day to day life of America and how it all kind of like links in with class and also medicine. Um, and the way that that's distributed and, and affected in the United States. And, and she got a bit fed up about that. So she, she started writing about it. And she got some really great quotes here that I'm going to read for you. Um, so, you know, she talks about the health as a sort of status symbol. She describes how wealthy people um, live by a certain philosophy. And I'll begin the quote here. She says, monitor your data forever and hope to live forever. Like workout culture, wellness is a form of conspicuous consumption. It is only the wealthy who have the resources to maintain the illusion of an integral and bounded self, capable of responsible self-care and thus worthy of social status. The same logic says that those who smoke read poor or don't eat right, poor again, or who don't exercise enough, also poor, have personally failed and somehow deserve their health problems and low life expectancy. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think that that is exactly that perfectly sums up, I guess, the kind of the 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 unease I was I was feeling while looking at this kind of thing because it is it's like in this age of the individual, any ideas to in the past people's ideas to better themselves in society were involved in you know making a, a collective action or doing some sort of mass movement or mobilizing some sort of power within people to to challenge maybe an unjust system. So if you're feeling bad, it's like, well, yeah, because the jobs are shit, the wages are bad, whatever. But like in this kind of day and age, now it's like, oh, you might feel bad, but that's a you problem that comes from within. Yeah, you need to make an adjustment to your mindset. Exactly. And it's like the the people who maybe once in back in the day would have used their power and status to to challenge against it and say, look, things aren't right. You know, we should you know, build build movements of people to challenge the actual systems. They have then given up completely on that and retreated back into themselves, into their own lives and thought, well, I'm just going to run, run on a treadmill. I'm going to you know, be really uh, quick. I'm going to steam my pussy up with um, <laughs> yeah, herbal vapors. I'm going to, you know, that kind of thing. It, it, and it's like, it, it, I think, yeah, they, you're they've right. turned it's that back on philosophy. the individual. Again, it's like with the, you know, recycle your cans or whatever. They don't, don't worry about the U S army pumping out more, you know, carbon, dark side than like than, than any country on earth or whatever um it's it's your fault for not driving an electric car it's your fault for not eating the fucking quinoa you know and it's it, that that's the kind of that's the only thing that exactly our so the, the 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 hyper the la freaks in and the neoliberals can sort of provide to us it's like well you feel bad 
that's on you, buddy. You know, hey, I feel great. I've been eating spinach all day. <laughs> and... I agree with you. I think I think it's a poisonous philosophy, and it mirrors that of what the culture is like on so- social media platforms like LinkedIn, where the atmosphere is all this kind of p- professional enforced mandatory positivity, and everyone has to be celebrating and curious about all the wonderful things that are happening in the professional world. But I've seen a, a sort Dude, LinkedIn of meme is posted. the worst place on this planet. Oh my fucking yeah, Christ. Yeah, and I've seen a, a meme posted that was like somebody quoted on LinkedIn saying, um, oh, if you've not come through this pandemic without having learned that new skill or learned a new language, um, then, you know, you've got to admit that the problem isn't having enough time. Like, the problem is you. It's like basically like... <laughs> yeah, sorry, I was too busy grieving the loss of all my you. grandparents. But, yeah, um, lambasting you for not having like used the time productively, TM, during the like pandemic, to make uh, and sort of trying to make you feel like you're some sort of failure. Exactly. It's like you know, why haven't you learned French since the start of the pandemic, Sam? You useless clod of earth. Hey, I've learned sword fighting. That's a valuable skill I can translate into the real world. Okay, that's I'm going to take up. Exactly. If they ever refuse a you a loan at the bank, you just fucking sword I can just chat. I can throw down the gauntlet and have at the. You can invoke your ancient right to try to combat. combat. Yeah, it's precisely. like. So I see you've submitted on your mortgage application that you want a trial by combat, Mr. Pearson. <laughs> well, yes, you know. Well, I would let the gods decide my <laughs> repayment rate. I'm mean, just in full plate armor for my mutual <laughs> like the, the bank. They just send a man with a gun to shoot me. Like, okay, trial by combat, you know, Harry. Yeah, yeah, yeah they just drone strike yeah. your house. Yeah, I did, I did like that. It's like, I demand a trial by combat and I'm standing there in my fucking regalia with my plumed feathered helmet <laughs> and I'm like waiting for my opponent to show up. You just hear this like... I'm just vaporized immediately by like a predator drone or, you know... It's like, yeah, at the precise minute that the combat... Combat was scheduled. Just <laughs> incinerated. It's like, well, I guess the state wins again. Yeah, that'd be great. I'd love that. Yeah. So um, <laughs> back to we'll, we'll go to back to talk about wellness and goop now. Um, yeah. So where were we at? The, the sort of poor thing. Yeah. And and in that in that kind of rich versus poor as well. There's also something else. It's not just about the kind of class element in terms of um, how how it's structured. There's there's also that kind of suicidal element to these things. Like I think there's a very large death drive present in wellness culture and also in like workout culture the the very thing about it is that it's almost like a, a guidebook on how to postpone death for as long as possible like you must do this to your body you must treat it in this way you must fill it with these kinds of foods and it's almost like an inevitable like thing you know obviously it's an inevitable thing that you're going to die so like is life really like long enough to to worry about all these things like is it not too short to deny yourself some like simple pleasures and do you have to like push your body to the absolute physical limit like in the form of running a marathon or becoming a bodybuilder or like pushing yourself so far at the gym like you know is that really you know what you need to do or is that something that you kind of feel masochistically compelled to do through lack of fulfillment in other areas of your life it's something that you can have control over and it's something which is sold to you on the basis that it's almost like your duty to engage in combat with yourself, to, to sort of force yourself into the position. And I think it's best embodied by a tattoo, which is on the back of the 
Olympic uh, champion runner Oscar Pistorius, an all-round good guy. <laughs> um, he has tattooed on his back, and, and this is true. It says, I beat my body and I make it my slave. I bring it under my complete subjection. So for him, like, That's not you know, cool. obviously he's disabled as well. So yeah. he has to overcome the fact oh, that he has yeah. no legs. But he's, he talks about exercise as if it's a whip against his back. Uh, and that's really quite disturbing, don't you think? And, and and that's that's where the whole death drive argument that I'm making comes coming from. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of the whole death drive thing anyway. So, yeah, that is great. But, like, that's true. I've, I, one thing I've been thinking recently, um, just about exercise in general, is that it's a, it's a, it's a fundamentally egotistical um, activity is you know, to exercise for the sake of exercise. Like, you can play sports or do something for, again, it's the enjoyment and like doing it with, with other people. But if you're just at the gym and you're just running and you're, you're on the cross trainer and you're oh, pumping those calories, it's like to motivate yourself, it's only yourself that can do that. It's like, I'm doing this because I want to, I need to be healthier. I need to be fitter. I need to be you know, more attractive by doing this. And like, in order to be able to like truly give yourself up to that kind of wellness and that exercise culture, you do have to put yourself in an entirely self-centered mindset just just for that time you're doing it. But I feel like that's the only way people can motivate themselves. It's like people looking at themselves in the mirror, you know, and they're doing, yeah, they're checking their form, but they're also like, oh, God, yeah, look how fucking great I look. I'm pumping these things. I don't know. It's, I just I feel like that's, I find it much more easier to like do exercise by, you know, if I'm out and about hiking and with friends or I'm, I'm enjoying nature or I'm, I'm doing a sport that I, that I find enjoyable and like that, that, that sort of challenges, challenges me instead of just being in like a gym where I only have, again, my reflection and my, you know, my yeah. own self. It's like, but it's like the, the painting of Dorian Gray is there. It's um... like, I don't think it's motivating me and I just look like a horrible ghoul. It's just trying to like, but I don't know. Maybe that's just myself. I just convinced myself that's that's the case, so I so I don't feel the need to exercise and I can continue being a slug. But um... <laughs> I think you're right to identify that. Though I think you're right to identify that there is a masturbatory element to that. It is. You know, that's what exactly. You're describing that's exactly it's like, it, yeah, the masturbatory you know, is like perfect. lifting the lifting the weight, feeling that being connected to your body you know because you can't do, if you're not in that mindset you're gonna give up if you're not thinking i'm doing this because i'm so i need to be so good you'll give up after like doing 10 reps or whatever you have you have to put yourself in that mindset if you're just purely exercising you know for yourself and there with the people there you know and like fair enough if you can do that you can do that but like i don't know i i, I just feel weird doing it yeah i i know what you mean and and it, there is that connection as well with the sort of masturbatory element of it with with Gwyneth Paltrow and, and Goop because they they really huck these kind of vibrators and it's interesting because they put the sex toys under the wellness section of their um, website. So if if you look at the wellness thing, it's got like um, sexual health, mind, mindfulness, spirituality, or whatever. But like you know, it's um it's they do sell vibrators under that that header and. Um, I think that tells you a lot about it because that masturbatory element to it is, is I think, linked as well to these kind of libidinal expressions of the ultra wealthy because they have conquered all other things, you know, and they've probably had their fair share of sex with other people at this point. And, you know, they, they probably have maybe become a little bit solipsistic over that, you know, maybe they've become kind of a little bit like inward facing and they see that, see that self-love and, and self-care is kind of like the ultimate pursuit it's like the ultimate pleasure that you can experience so having your kind of like 
all of these like parts of your body under the strict control, you know, that Oscar uh, Pistorius kind of talks about. But maybe it's less of a kind of strict control relationship you have with your body. Maybe like a kind of like gentle sub dumb thing, you know, maybe your body calls you daddy <laughs> and, uh, you know, you cradle your body at night and it's that kind of relationship. But <laughs> that relationship with yourself seems to become inextricably sexual at, to a certain point because a lot of the stuff that's surrounding the marketing of Goop, and I think they were doing this with the shock value as much as anything else, it's like Gwyneth Paltrow standing in front of a giant, like, vulva-shaped, like, flower there's display There's a lot of flowers stuff. on the pictures, yeah. There's a lot of very close-up pictures of the folds between, yeah, different petals. That, yeah. Exactly, in, in the and they really so. view masturbation as a kind of a route to enlightenment, almost. Well, I wouldn't disagree and with And I think that. it's it's important. <laughs> it's an important thing, I guess, to, to be able to do, but I think they place a little bit too much uh, emphasis on it. Maybe it's like, it's just for the shock value. Yeah, but also, but again, that works into the, again, the current malaise of, our, of, the, of the current uh, moment. It's like, you know, you you can yeah you can't make friends or we're trapped in COVID. You can't go out and um, you know just meet people to to fuck. And you've um, you know you, you, your your relationship building skills have been stunted by years of you know living in the virtual space. But hey, you can fucking just blitz yourself with my little you know buzzer, and you know that's just that's just as good. You know it, it translates over to the. Do you know what they call one of the what vibrators is called? Actually, I was going to bring this up earlier, but the best-selling vibrator on her website is called the Billionaire's Vibrator. It's like a and they, they actually had a little tag on it. Well, that's it, and it says it says we had to upgrade it from being the Millionaire's because it it wasn't big enough or something like so. that. So like now it's the Billionaire's Vibrator, Ooh. and it's just like the idea that billionaires have like some sort of orgasmic like experience beyond anything that we can possibly imagine you know like well you can only get the kind of thing on the that... later expressed or on little saint james but like yeah think it. about that i mean like do you, th- do you really think that jeff bezos like comes harder than you do i think it's probably <laughs> quite the opposite <laughs> i mean maybe i mean he'll have again he's like what 50 or whatever but he's got access to all the pills all the goop that he can inject into his bowls or whatever it is that those those guys do, he probably comes back. Yeah, I mean, he's having a great time. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 a really weird thing to think that that somehow just being rich makes every part of you so much better. Like even the most kind of base sexual energy that you have is amplified a million times, a billion times over by how many dollars you. Yeah, have but it, but it isn't in your though. Bank account. It, 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 but like you're saying about the Jeff Bezos thing, it can't possibly be because again, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm we're quaffing deep here, but Gwyneth Paltrow, I imagine it just is just a gaping chasm, you know. Like if you were to like peel back the layers or whatever that make her up, you just find nothing. Find one of those creatures from They Live, I imagine. Yeah, not even that. You just find a gaping void. I know. Again, you know, someone who was born completely in this world of power. Again, her her, her parents were directors and and film actors and, and producers her godfather is steven fucking spielberg um you know one of her cousins is married to the guy that started we work you know she's very much from that like elite neat... oh, she's a blue blood she's, she's a, a, she's through a true and through. blue and just like just like the actual royals she's she's lived her entire life in this just com- empty fantasy where the only other real people she interacts with are you know, just servants pretty much like you know, service workers and the only people that she's trying to form relationships with are, again, like 
uh, Ben Affleck. I think she was dating for a while, and oh, she married Chris Martin, the Cold, lead Coldplay. singer of Coldplay, yeah. which is probably one of the worst things you can do. Uh, but that's um, for, I life. think it was like a, one of the longest. Anyway, we kind of she... yeah, she was she was she had the daughter with him, uh, which they've trendily named Apple Martin, and that's a cool name. I quite like that. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it's we... a it's a nice name for like a a stuffed teddy bear, <laughs> like who has adventures. Yeah, but uh, compared to like. All the other celebrity names, whatever Elon Musk named his child, like, oh, Zorb, he, yeah. or whatever it is, you know, like that's. It's um, like, you know, robot, you don't understand maybe. this language, but your kids are going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like in twenty in 2000 years from now, his name is going to be like really funny and cool. Like, you just just wait. Like, yeah, it's better than everyone than, will be calling him Zowie Bowie. I mean,. Yeah, I mean, him, between him and Grimes, like, there is a whole lot of, like, insanity uh, in, in that relationship, I've got to say. But we're not here to talk about Elon no, Musk. Ma- uh, we're not even here to talk about Grimes. Definitely another we're episode, though. About, we can talk about the Musk thing. We're here to talk about Baudrillard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pretty much, right? I don't know. And we're here to talk about what he thought about Goop. Goop. No, I mean, I'm sure he would hate it. Uh, um, yeah, I think mean, <laughs> you, to, like, you, you bring Baudrillard back to life today and he just like just blows his own brains out immediately. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, this isn't... This is too... uh, it's so funny looking back at his writings because they're so quaint, you know, like his worst possible imaginations have been so far exceeded in every way <laughs> possible by society. Not just like even the thing that I was talking about earlier when I was talking about the, the product placements in films that didn't exist that's before. So cool. I mean, that's such a fucking like hyper real level of bullshit isn't it? It's just it's just such a disconnect it's like between reality. reality. Is just now plastic. It's like reality is just something you know. Yeah, it's it's moldable. It's like Thanos. I can be whatever I want. You know, uh, I can show furry porn twenty four hours a day if I want to. All that for a drop of come. The point being that um, yeah, he he saw a lot of these things coming, and and if you echo back into his writings, you can even see the kind of thing that we're talking about a little bit further. Um, you know, he really hated joggers, Baudrillard, and there was nothing worse to him than being in America and, and seeing people jog past him. And one of the things he wrote about that was this. He says, Nothing evokes the end of the world more than a man running straight ahead on a beach, swathed in the sounds of his walkman. Primitives, when in despair, would commit suicide by swimming out to sea until they could swim no longer. The jogger commits suicide by running up and down the beach. His eyes are wild. Saliva drips from his mouth. Do not stop him. What a king. Like, we need you now more than ever. He really did. Like, he really wasn't going to fucking do any exercise, was he? I mean, you were talking about that earlier. You were making that joke. (laughs) But, like, Baudrillard is not fucking going to, like, you know, go for a jog with you. We've got the best excuse, me and and John, you know. We've got that same, yeah, that same mentality. And uh, I I respect that. Yeah, definitely. I do, and I think a lot of those things that you're talking about, especially with wellness, reminds me of that guy you were mentioning on LinkedIn, the guy who, if mm-hmm. you could make any employee follow his routine. Oh yeah, that was an extremely depressing thing, and and it's linked in with all that LinkedIn stuff, isn't it? <laughs> uh, because like the the fact is that wellness is like a class indicator, and it's something that kind of is used as a bit of a cudgel 
by companies to beat you with. You know, the HR department now has to send you like wellness updates. And it's like, you know, this like the HR department, you know, sends you all these like emails about how you should be doing mindfulness and like, you know, how you should be doing this and that and the other. And it's like, how about you run the company better <laughs> so you don't stress people out so much? Life alone, right? You know, how, how about you like just make, the, yeah, exactly. You know, you telling me that like, you know, you're going to do a fucking baking competition in like Easter, it's not really going to help like, you know, anyway. Yeah, this LinkedIn guy, uh, he put this post up saying, oh, if I could force all of my employees, and he used this word, he was like, if I could legally force every employee to do this, I would. But I can't. But here is what I recommend strongly that they do. And he had this like list basically down to like each every fucking day of the month. Like, you know, what you must do, like start every day at like 5 a.m. by going for like a brisk run through the Swiss Alps and then like plunge yourself into a pool of boiling water, would immediately follow by flour and then egg whites. <laughs> Bake yourself into a souffle. Emerge from it a new man. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got that soundtrack there. But um you know and it, and he has all these ridiculous demands that he makes of you in your personal time. My favorite one being that he he did a one day like serotonin not serotonin one day dopamine and whatever oxytocin detox like detoxing your body get this from the actual chemicals that your body produces <laughs> as if your body can't just fucking do that ordinarily <laughs> the ones that make it um, your life worth living the ones that actually the ones that you... bring you joy the ones that stop you from blowing your fucking brains out and he wants you to detox from those chemicals for a whole fucking 24 hours where he basically advises that you don't stimulate yourself in any way you basically just stay in a sort of like darkened room don't look at any screens you know don't don't go outside don't enjoy anything and just kind of reset your body like a hard reset just no joy don't even think a happy thought i don't know it's it's just really fucked up that he thinks well, that, just, that is a good it's just, it's ideology just insanity. it's like it's again it's that's a more extreme version of the goop thing but it's it's just the, the pure. It's like again, it's it's rooted in the sort of ca- the Christian and Catholic origins. Like I'm, I must suffer. I can't yeah, have yeah. good things. I, I I must. You can't have the dark without the light. And it's like, well, can't things just be okay all the time? Can't they just be like fine? But it's like, no, it must be extreme. I've got to be just like <laughs> on it, and I've got to be like miserable for one day in my life, and I will force you. To just stare at a blank wall and and, and get a dopamine detail, like the, and again, it's the same kind of insanity <laughs> that like these um, that like, like the goop people have, you know, where there is just yeah, nothing it's, it's behind definitely it. Like, it. Like I love the link you've made to the Catholic uh, teachings there about suffering, because I hadn't really thought about that, but it is very much like kind of Roman Catholic thing, where like to be suffering and to be proud of the suffering and to to kind of enjoy the suffering in a masochistic way because you know that you must do it you know you know that you must suffer so if you suffer the greatest that makes you the greatest so that you'll get these celebrities like you know sharing their routines and it's like i get up at 5 a.m every morning and a guy from fucking like karate championship beats the shit out of me and and then i just fucking douse my balls in freezing cold water and then i slam them in a book and then i eat fucking six pounds of gravy and omelets and like it's just like it's like the four yorkshire sketch you know well, I'll have, I'll have to get up eat a lump of cold poison go to work 24 hours a day when i came home my dad would cut us in two with a bread knife 
know, it's like that kind of thing. It's, it's like it's performative. It's like a virtue signal. Yeah. So when they're like getting up at 5 a.m. and doing an hour workout and then having a cold shower afterwards, yeah, they might be feeling pain, but they're also experiencing a kind of bizarre perverted hedonism where it's it's like as much of this stuff as you can throw yourself into as much of it as you can absolutely like Oscar Isaac Oscar Pistorius said as much as you can bring it under your complete subjugation and, and just like plunge your body into these circumstances where it's pushed or like purified that somehow you you can remain youthful forever you can capture a state of being which is inaccessible to most it's like the search for enlightenment it's like you know you take the the, the ancient buddhas you know and you give them like five billion dollars <laughs> uh, and you put them in la and uh you know like what would they do you know they'd probably do a lot of fucking weird shit and you, you've—that's the—that's the word I've been meaning to say, and I completely forgot. But perverts, and they're all perverts. The LinkedIn guy, is a pervert. Gwyneth Paltrow, she's a pervert. Like pretty much all, all, all this, this again. It's, it's again due to just the whole emptiness inside people, in which they need to, they feel they need to shove experiences, and and they gain a fake sense of authenticity by being like, well, some. Some guy from some obscure culture recommends, you know, boiling your dick and balls in aloe vera oil, you know, for for forty minutes a day, and you know that's the only way you can truly, you know, heal yourself. And again, why I only sleep on cats. Yeah, yeah, now. yeah. And it's like the essential guide to suffering. <laughs> and that's it. And again, and they're all again, they're all talking about healing. Everything's about healing this and healing that. And it's like, what are you really healing from? Like yeah, that's what, a good what are question. they actually? What what needs healing? And people are saying, well, I mean, I I do understand that people of all walks of life, no matter how privileged you are, no, no matter how much like power and wealth you have, you will still experience grief and pain or whatever. And people die. You know, these are all human emotions, and they you do need to heal from those kind of things. That's that's for sure. But it's like plenty of people, again, who can't afford this kind of thing, who have to just get on with it, do without needing to. You know, steam their fucking nostrils for fourteen you know hours a day or whatever. Yeah, and linking back to what you were saying earlier about um, the data thing, uh, you know how Google is selling the data and how the data is so valuable. It's 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 like it's kind of dangled in front of people nowadays that it is accessible to them through like apps. So you'll get like mindfulness apps, and there's like an app that's like tells you like how often you've like woken in the night yeah, you know, yeah. like it records you sleeping Gwyneth Paltrow actually on her website she sells this little ring it's just an inconspicuous looking silver ring it's got some like electrode sort of like things on the inside and it transmits all the data like you know your it heartbeat, shocks you when you have impure your sort thoughts. of rhythms and stuff it shocks you when you don't masturbate <laughs> like once every four hours um, it's like if you don't have an orgasm it just like electrocutes you um, but like yeah, it just captures all this data, this organic data that's coming from your body. It tells you if you're waking up at night. And then like, the tagline to it was like, want to know if that last glass of wine really had an impact on your sleep? Well, this is the answer for you kind of thing. It's like, 
you must torture yourself. Like whenever you experience any small amount of pleasure, you must pay for it tenfold, and you must hand over the data as well. It's like in guilt, you, and like, yeah, do you maybe have a disturbed sleep from like you know, or having a bit of a drink before you go to bed because you know, how dare you treat yourself or like you know, have have any enjoyment in your life? But it's like, yeah, this is the reason, and it's your fault. And I companies it's, it's always make fault. it seem like they're doing it's, you a favor. Yeah. When they when they take this data from you, they always make it seem like, oh, we'll give you all this data about how often your heart beats and you know how overweight you are and how little you sleep at night. Congratulations! And all this kind of stuff. You only had thirty three <laughs> suicidal thoughts today. That's a decrease of forty two percent. It's like your limit is twenty. You will yeah. now be committed. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's like a normal amount is 20. There are some normal adjustment officers. But again, it's like, um, but that is the point. It's like, we, we, they're all focused on healing and they're all focused on all this because, again, the implication is, much like Thanos, that something is very wrong. You know, there's something horribly wrong with the way that people, you know, um, interact with each other and the way that they experience you know, their work and how they, they feel like they create value and they feel their place in the world. People do feel a lot like, yeah, I have trouble sleeping because it's like I've got to get up to, again the next day and work my meaningless shit ass job and all that kind of thing. And instead of instead of, of of addressing the actual external reasons for that kind of thing, instead of saying well it's because you know the relationship between um, you know, people's labour and the you know whatever they, they however they get you know um, compensated for it is is completely you know, skewed and has been you know, stagnating since you know whatever the 1980s or whatever they say no it, it's entirely it's it's from within you that the problem comes you know you can you can do the, the you can eat the shit all day long you just need to change your change your mindset you need to be more more mindful and and, and wellful or whatever the fuck you, you say and like I, that's again that's such a perverted notion that it is it's only it's entirely your fault that you feel bad you just need to eat the right goop so there you have it guys i think um you know we've come to the conclusion if you are bad then you should feel bad um and and that's pretty much as simple and if you as feel goes. bad you are bad it goes both ways yes it's, it is it's cyclical so the, the worse you are the worse you feel about it means you're actually becoming a worse person so uh, just just stop just stop that and then you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, and for just fourteen ninety nine a month, you can subscribe to to Coughing Premium, where <laughs> we will provide you with all the the lifestyle tips and and guru. I will personally tell you my routine, um, you know, my day routine to help you. What is wake up? It's twelve thirty. You look outside. It's still too early. Go back to sleep. Another three or four hours. You wake up again. The sun's just about to set. Perfect. It's time to begin your day. You wake up, eat a fistful of Skittles, you're good to go. <laughs> and hey, I'm not gonna not gonna reveal too much more about my my wellness plans. I mean, people have got to pay for this information. This this will make you a success. Like if you follow Sam's step by step plan, you will be amazed where your life takes. <laughs> it will it will astound you. That is guaranteed. <laughs> Doctors hate him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think that's bringing us to a close. So thanks for joining us in this uh, late night chat about Goop. Um, as always, I hope you've uh, hope you found something interesting and I uh, hope you've had a few laughs along the way. Um, stay tuned and we'll be releasing episodes uh, on a Friday from now on. So enjoy. Peace out.
below. It is me, Gwyneth Paltrow. Do not believe the lies told about me on the Quaffing Port podcast. Please do not subscribe to them or follow at the Quaffcast on social media. In return, I shall reward you with all the goop you can eat and or rub onto your body. Goop is good for the soul. Now go forth my child and buy my various healing products readily available at goop.com. Goodbye.